Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Sports Day, nice to have your company and he's back. Mark Reddings, uh, he's been sunning himself up there in Indonesia and he's refreshed and ready and raring to go. I don't know how much sport he's gotten into up there. Skeet, welcome back. Hello, Carl. Great to be back here. Yeah, I'm not saying so much sunning myself. There's a bit of rain up there, but uh, managed to find uh, a bar that could uh, give me the, the Cox Plate and the Caulfield Cup and plenty of sports. So I've been right across it. And what I have um, garnered since I've been sitting on my phone and keeping tabs on what's happening back here, uh, the the netball drama, which has engulfed uh, the sport, as we know it, with the sponsorship issues. Uh, Pat Cummins and the Australian cricket team going through their own issues in a similar vein with uh, the sponsorship with Alinta Gas. So that's put a lot of people off the Australian cricket team for the time being. But my faith in sport was restored last night as I sat at home, having arrived back about four o'clock and watched a match from the MCG between India and Pakistan and just the 90,000 fans, the drama that was created, India, four for 31. Uh, they were in all sorts of trouble trying to track down 160 for victory. And then, of course, the great one himself, Virat Kohli, stood up in a crisis, 82 of 53 balls, and the most extraordinary final over that I have seen in T20 cricket unfolded. What a match, what a game, and uh, even though that former cricket, perhaps not our favourite, Test match sits on top, but that was one for the ages. What did you think? Wonderful three out of two. Uh, how do you feel about the Australian cricket team? Because uh, listening into Simon this afternoon, uh, a lot feeling that uh, they've become unpopular, particularly under Pat Cummins. Uh, they're not too happy with him, I don't think, on the back of the partnership that has broken down between Australian cricket and Alinta. Uh, we will be having a chat later this out to Nat Medhurst, who's going to join us. Uh, that is on the back of our girls getting the Constellation victory. Uh, Stacey Maringovic in tears after this, so you could see the emotion in her. But the other big news today is that Ross Lyon is back and he is back as coach of St Kilda a couple of grand final appearances when he was uh, there previously from 2007 to 2011. Some saying he's got blood on his hands again. How do you feel about to the appointment given that it seems to be the only one that went through the process. He was, and look, there's some discussion as to whether the discussions took place while Brett Ratton was still in charge. That's a matter that we can discuss another time. It's, it's a moot point now because he's in play. Uh, the first coach since David Parkin to revisit a club after having coached there as the, the leading man. So, look, he's got a good history at, at the Saints. I would suggest, though, Carl, that he had a far better list going back to the time uh, in the early 2000s when he took over, or the mid-2000s, taking over and getting there, uh, the club to a couple of grand finals, make it three if you include a replay. Uh, so he's got some work to do. But St Kilda, one thing they won't ever do, Carl, that's uh, uh, have a boring existence. They have had a monumentally bad off-season. Brett Ratton was the casualty. They've got a list that's ordinary, I'd say, to say the least. Uh, they've got a lot of work to do to become 
contenders next year, but is Ross Lyon the man? Well, at this stage, I think uh, they've all the eggs in his basket. Four-year deal, he says, unfinished business. There's a lot of business to be done before he gets that elusive premiership. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to have a chat to Brady Manick on the program tonight. Uh, Perth Wildcats beaten badly by the Tassie Jack Jumpers on the weekend. They're shooting from three-point range. It's been really poor as a team two weeks in a row now, and uh, all of a sudden they're back amongst the pack. Absolutely, and... Only just keeping an eye on those scores, it was a terrible second quarter. They were just uh, horrendous. So the review might tell a tale or two. Uh, the Wildcats started the season so well. They have uh, had a couple of disappointing losses. They do return this week, by the way, to the jungle. I think we'll see a, a far a more competitive side, no doubt, against South East Melbourne Phoenix. So uh, that's one issue that has to be put to bed. Just let me ask you this quick question, Carl. Just, uh, I know we've got so many scores and sports floating around, but coaching changes. Now, it just seems, we've seen in the EPL, mm. five or four or five already during the season. Um, Stephen Gerrard has been given his marching orders from Aston Villa at the weekend. We've seen it with Brett Ratton over the past week. What is what is the theory with clubs, be they internationally or in the AFL, mm. of constant change, of, 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 of turning over coaches? Has anything changed since when you were a player or even at the start of your not, broadcasting career? Not with good career? clubs. Not with good clubs. I, I think that one thing with good clubs is that you see if you've got stability off the field and around your club, the environment is one that uh, seems to produce far more success. Look at Geelong. Geelong have been stable for a long time. And whilst it's taken 11 years between getting back to the top, they've been regularly in finals and about the place. Contending. Contend, yeah, contending. West Coast Eagles have had a lot of stability, even though they've had some turmoil, right? There's been problems along the way, but they've stuck fat with some key administrators, coaches and, and others, and I think that that's really important. Uh, you look at Richmond. Richmond were on the verge of, of uh, essentially replacing Damien Hardwick, but uh, he knew – well, they knew – that he needed to evolve as a coach. So what they did do is that they helped him evolve as a coach and essentially they then got what they were craving rather than, again, sacking more coaches. Now, this has been something that's been around the St Kilda Football Club for a while. I mean, you know, look at Scott Waters and uh, Grant Thomas and, uh, you well, know... Malcolm the, Blight for 15 rounds. It was just, yeah. they have been a club, and let's yeah, be honest, joke. they've had the longest drought in, in the history of the AFL slash VSFL, 1966, their only premiership by a point, mind you, against Collingwood. Hmm. And they have just been a basket case. The only period they have had of success in terms of being really consistently there. I mean, I think Stan Elves took them to a, a grand final against Adelaide. Darren Jarman kicked five and just blew them away. It was Ross Lyon. Yeah. Hence, they're going back to the future. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, stability is one thing that I think uh, will certainly help. One double three out eighty two is a number. Uh, if you did tune in and see that game of cricket uh, yesterday between Pakistan and India, what did you make of that? How do you feel about the Australian team? Because not many tickets have been sold so far to Australia and Sri Lanka. That match uh, right on our doorstep tomorrow. Are uh, you going to come along and see that game? Uh, today in the Cricket World Cup, uh, Bangladesh, too good for the Netherlands. Netherlands had their chance late too, but just couldn't quite get it done. Bangladesh, eight for 144. Netherlands in reply, 135. And the South Africa Zimbabwe match has been delayed due to rain down there in Hobart. Blundstone Arena is where it was going to get underway, but right now there has not been a ball bowled, and there may well not be a ball bowled in that clash. There wasn't a ball bowled yesterday at the Wacker Ground. The match between our Perth Scorchers women was abandoned. That uh, was against the Hobart Hurricanes, but uh, nothing happened there. And our Perth Scorchers, who are top of the table after five matches, they lost on Sunday to the 
Sydney Thunder by 25 runs. Uh, Marsh Cup, we had a win. Animo won the Cox Plate that Skeet was talking about. The Wildcats thrashed. The Perth Glory had their first win of the season. Aaron McKenniff will join us a little bit later on in the program. And I'll tell you what, there was an upset too with uh, Nottingham Forest beating Liverpool 1-0. That was the biggest upset. They're sitting, still are sitting, but now equal on points with a couple of others at the bottom of the EPL table. So things not looking great for Liverpool fans. Yes, but Nottingham Forest fans, I can tell you the streets would have been filled with joy on Saturday night. That's Ford Updates. Thanks to KO. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. Let's go to the phones. Muzza is in Beckenham. Hi, Muzza. Evening, boys. Hello, mate. You there? Yeah, you're there. That's all right. Yeah, uh, got enjoyed your trip, uh, Skeeter. Um, yeah, look, nice mate, to be back. Uh, yeah, it's good, mate. Uh, good to hear back on the tunes, mate. Anyway, isn't it great to see the Justin Langer karma, mate, hit the Aussie team? Couldn't be happier, mate. That the ones that got rid of him got smashed by the Kiwis. I wonder how they're feeling now, mate. Eh? And Pat, the Rat, Cummins, don't talk about Alinta, mate. Just play what you paid. Do what you paid to do and play cricket. And stop talking crap about Alinta. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, Justin Langer karma is working good and well, mate. Thanks, Muzza. Look, I'm not going to hang on to the Justin Langer thing and turn this into a hope Australia fails in cricket forever and a day. I mean, it was poorly handled in so many ways. This has been interestingly handled by Cricket Australia and Pat Cummins, to be honest with you. I'm still at a loss to see how there can be such, if it is, such a a powerful um, voice in player circles, and, and this has been discussed ad nauseum, I'm sure, even late last week with, with you and, and Scoey and, and the like about the power that is is now being... Well, that New South Wales click is still something that is worrying. I, I think it's it's certainly the reason why Justin Langer lost his job. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the, the New South Wales uh, environment is one that uh, is a little bit displaced from... And I think that if you look at the experience here with Lyon and Smith and Warner, I mean, these are aged players. Cummins is probably influenced by a lot of the elder statesmen amongst that group. So there's no doubt that there is this little click within the Australian cricket team, and they do have a lot of experience, and a lot of power. And in the end, they have flexed their muscle. Now, Cummins is openly part of a group that is looking at, you know, um, uh, saving the world. Now... At the end of the day, it's all great. We all understand that we want to do our little bit, but it's not going to happen overnight. You know, planes aren't going to stop flying. The car that he's driving needs fuel in it. He's using a mobile phone, I bet. If 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 you're really going to get on board here, get rid of your car. Don't fly anywhere. Get on a rickety old boat like they used to that just uses wind. If there's no wind, it takes you a bit longer, but you sail, right? And and you and you don't ring anyone because you haven't got a mobile phone. You just throw that in the bin because all of those things take manufacturing, and manufacturing is the one thing that people people are worried about polluting the skies. Yeah, and I was overseas again, but I did read uh, somewhere. And this is going to another issue, but the same subject in so many ways. Woodside Energy and Fremantle and the debate over whether they should be uh, kept on as sponsors. And former Premier Carmen Lawrence citing that it's similar to tobacco advertising. It might have been Jared McNeil as the former footy manager. Dale Kickett was named in the. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Wow. We can go through numerous industries involved in so many aspects of our lives that are sponsors or certainly support. It is going to be a minefield. If this is where we're heading, sport is in a a world of trouble. Well, I think it's already a minefield. Uh, It's it's already started. Uh, There's people starting to tread very, very carefully right now. Well, how about, look, I'm hoping the likes of Fremantle, Dockers, stand their ground and stick with Woodside as they have stuck with them. That's me. 
and again, I'm happy to take the criticism on board, but I think if we start uh, picking and choosing where we get our sponsors from, uh, for instance, KFC with uh, the Big Bash or whatever it is, we are going to be in, it is just going to be good luck being a marketer or an advertising agent uh, in cricket, football well, or netball. it includes our program here. Wonderful 3882, thanks to Bluebet. Bluebet's uh, bet slip <laughs> integration is now available on the new and improved Same Racer app. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. It's approaching 19 after 6. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Now, we were trying to track down Matty Way, but uh, he's still swinging the golf club at the moment, so uh, hopefully he's had a good round. Uh, we'll <laughs> see what happens. One double three out of two. What are you chuckling at? Because it's almost dark, isn't it? Yeah, well, no, not quite. No, no. It's just because, yeah, you've got the blockout blinds. Because <laughs> all the sponsorship on the screen, uh, on the windows here, uh, had to be covered over because there's no commercial advertising allowed around the stadium. Oh. That's why the big Optus logos have gone, Skeet, if you've noticed. Now it's Perth Stadium. Yes, correct. So we are promoting Perth to the world. Absolutely. And speaking of sponsorship, we've got a bit of, a bit of feedback coming through in this next uh, segment. Got a truckload. Uh, sports update, thanks to Kay. Don't risk missing all your team's match at the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. We were talking about the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, today, Samoa 72 defeated Greece 4. Tonight, it's Tonga and Wales. It'll happen early tomorrow morning our time. And if you didn't hear earlier today, Bangladesh defeated the Netherlands. South Africa and Zimbabwe yet to get on the field. Delayed due to rain down there in Hobart. As we head to those phones, to Kate in Claremont. G'day, Kate. Hi, talking of rain... I'm on Mill Point Road at the moment, and it's pouring. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about this politics in sport, I guess I'm going to call it. Um, it's made me become a really bad sportsman lately, um, and I don't, I don't like that I'm having negative thoughts towards sporting teams and what have you. But, Carl, you mentioned um, that they're going to need, especially the cricketers, they're going to need a rickety old boat. They can't even have a rickety old boat. They're going to need a canoe made out of bamboo or a bike or their feet. They are literally the only ethical ways of getting around this planet. It's the end of international sport. Well, oh, well, essentially, I mean, if, if you go, I mean, unless we start um, getting on to, you know, the, the algae, uh, which is being uh, something that's going to hopefully turn into aerofuel skeet, so planes will be flying on, on algae. Uh, that's able to make fuel, that's able to fly. Uh, less planes are all solar and are able to fly. I mean, I've well, 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 got no idea, but well, what about a not sporting, my world. What about a sporting organisation? And look, the netball situation is slightly different to the cricket situation with the lint of gas. Obviously, we know that the story behind both. But it takes also a little bit of backbone, and you have to put the, the, the headwear on at times to, to stand up to some of these criticisms and some of these protests that are coming your way. Mm. Um, and I think if that happens, uh, it's, it's the only way forward. You can't just uh, roll over on, on issues like this if, if you're going to survive as a sporting entity. Well, what do you reckon the helmets are made of? You reckon that's uh, recycled? Uh, eh? I, recycled I, plastic, you reckon, I, or not? I saw a little eh? diagram on Facebook of Pat Cummins and what he's wearing and, and all the issues the and box. all the, the, everything that goes into it, which uh, probably yeah. makes him somewhat of a hypocrite. Look, I think... No, Pat, no hypocrites, mate. I think, I think Pat Cummins, what he's... What his beliefs are, are admirable. I have no issue with that. But then trying to, if that's the case, influence what companies are involved with sport, I think, for me, and I know it's sounding old-fashioned, but isn't his job, isn't the job of, of most to just get on and play their sport and do what they can for their employer? 
Never burn the hand that feeds you uh, is essentially something that you're always told, and that's what they've done, essentially, and that's why they're copping it. Clark, g'day. Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, there's a Facebook page for the Dockers, and they were asking about uh, Woodside, and 98% of the people on that page said they wanted to keep Woodside as a sponsor. Yep. So come and lower to all those guys. At least you can remember when she wants to, but, you know, that's another issue. But, I mean, we're, everyone's happy. We're Dockers members, and we're glad to have Woodside as a customer, as a sponsor. Yeah, well, Clark, I think at the end of the day, Woodside has a responsibility through its, and there's a, obviously a, a lot more knowledge and science around what, what can be done to improve uh, and help us with climate change and, and uh, emitting uh, energy and, and fossil fuels. That is something that is, is certainly, I'm sure, front and centre. That is a separate issue, I believe, to what they are doing with sponsorship in sport. I think there's a, to, to, to try and put them under that one banner of, of uh, look, as Carl and I discussed off air, to be honest with you, uh, unless India, unless China, unless the United States are going uh, full throttle in this department, it's uh, it's basically falling on deaf ears across the, yeah, well, the it planet. Is. I mean, what you've got to do, in reality is, is that we've got to go back to days where everyone just lives off the land. And you don't travel to each other's continent. Oh. No, no, this is what you got to do. Yeah. You know, knock, knock down all your skyscrapers, and you've got to cultivate the land, grow the trees, grow our own food. Do we still have the wireless? We go back to bartering, you know. Yeah, no, no, there's no radio, mate. There's, you have no technology because that would take that would take infrastructure. You can't build infrastructure. Steel fishing. What we don't want to do is we don't want to manufacture steel anymore because we we shouldn't <laughs> be digging holes in the ground. We need to leave the oil and the gas in the earth because it lubricate, lub, lubricates the plates. Uh, anyway, you know where I'm going. You're lubricating the listeners. Here we go. Don's in Spearwood. Hi, Donnie. Good evening, boys. Uh, Mark, don't even go to Carmen Lawrence. I told a lot of my friends she cannot remember. But anyway, <laughs> Carl, you're spot on. Just remember, Carl, you won't be allowed to have any cattle on the farms because what they're doing, remember? Well, remember with this clown that came. Now, this, all this rubbish started since these Loba greens and teals come into power. Now, all you people out there, the voters comes in, now suffer the consequences. And let me tell you, I'm going to the game tomorrow, all to boo Cummins, Warner, and a few others. And I hope they get smashed like what they did against New Zealand. Listening to Millsy this afternoon, mate, there's not many people going, and every message I got was against this country, okay, because of what Cummins and his scumbag mates did to Justin Langer. Okay, Donnie, uh, you've gone back to the Langer scenario like Muzzer, but we respect that uh, opinion. Sean's in Baldivis. Hi, Sean. Yeah, hey, fellas. Um, yeah, no, just with the T20 side... Look, there probably is a couple of lineup changes I would like to see. They won't happen. Um, India-Pakistan, fantastic game. Both fell in a hole, but both had players from teams which could graft and then eventually get into the game. Australia, they're all guys that are very aggressive. I don't think we really have a grafter in the side. Um, if we're three for 20, that can sort of get out of it. So I'd love to bring Steve Smith back in. And number two, um, Stoinis. <laughs> He's been great for, for, the, for the Stars. 
but he doesn't always bowl four overs for the stars. He'll bat, but he doesn't always bowl. In the Australian side, we're getting the ball his full allotment every time. I think he's a bit of a weak link. Um, I'd like to bring Green in or give Marshall, Maxwell time to bowl rather than give it to Stoyne. So I don't think he's the right player for it. Yeah, I think Mitch Marsh will bowl tomorrow night. He's announced that his, uh, his fitness is up to that level where he can bowl. Just going back to the uh, Steve Smith uh, poser, look, he's an interesting uh, player, isn't he, in T20 cricket because you're right, a lot of um, flamboyant, extravagant stroke makers in the Australian side, but uh, when you're four for 30 like India was last night, uh, mind you, uh, with all due respects to Steve Smith in T20, he's not Virat Kohli. I don't think Steve Smith could have played the innings that Virat played, 82 or 53. I mean, the two sixes he hit with the two balls in the penultimate over last night were just extraordinary. Uh, look, the final over was what it was, but there is an argument for Steve Smith. I do get it because he's got the ability to batten down the hatches, get your six, seven and over by playing just correct cricket strokes during that period to get you out of a hole. And then, of course, you can kick on late in the innings. We saw that with uh, Pakistan as well. They scored in excess of 10 and over in their, their last 10 overs. So, yeah, the Steve Smith poser is definitely one that I'm sure that the coaching and selection panel will be discussing. All right, we're going to get clear a commitment. Uh, 133-882, just updating sport. Thanks to Ko. Don't miss all your team's matches. T20 World Cup uh, on KO Sports. The match tonight uh, has failed to get underway at this point. Uh, South Africa and Zimbabwe. Earlier, it was Bangladesh defeating the Netherlands. And I'm just Googling my future form of transport in the new world. Oh. Horse, camel or donkey. Uh, that's uh, basically what I've got uh, at uh, my disposal. So I just have to <laughs> invest and see how much uh, each of those will cost to get me to work and back. Otherwise, I've got to use my feet. Uh, Bluebet's uh, bet slip integration is now available on the new and improved Same Racer app. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Back soon. You idiot. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Yeah, I'm thinking camel, Skeet. A um, little bit more unique. I reckon people have noticed that I'm on the camel coming down the, you know, along the freeway. Can, can I take the camel on the walking path? If, not uh, not, not sure you can. I saw a couple of horses uh, in Bali on the beach. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't mind jumping on one of those. Hopefully Animo would be mine and uh, just get from A to B a bit quicker than most. <laughs> yeah, over a K you might. <laughs> exactly. Don't know about 15. Uh, 133-822 if you'd like to join in. Uh, Chris is in Erskine, and he is. Oh, just uh, quickly, Chris, uh, thanks to Kia. Kia Sportage Crown Drive Car of the Year. You can see it at kia.com.au. The cricket is about to get underway, reduced to nine overs. Uh, what do you reckon's a par score, Skeet? It's uh, South Africa in the field, Zimbabwe batting, nine overs. I said about 90 <laughs> to 100. You thought 140. Well, then I then I thought about the opposition, and I thought, nah, if Zimbabwe make it to 90, I reckon you're going to be spot on. I reckon about 10 runs and over would be good for them. Chris, good evening, mate. Yeah, good evening, mate. Never trust a uh, sports star, movie star or YouTube star to leaving a scorched earth policy for young stars coming up behind them. They've made their millions. They're now ethically talking to us. Cousins, uh, sorry, Cummins should never, ever play under lights or fly a plane anywhere ever again. All right, good on you, Chris. Uh, that's how it fits. And, and you know what? The, the theme is really strong. There's a lot of people that feel this way. Let's get to the mouse. Hello, mouse. Hi, pal. How are you? And scared you welcome back. Thank you, mouse. Now, three things quickly. Cricket, netball, football. First one, tomorrow night, Carl, you forgot the players will be playing candles because uh, they won't be able to use the illicit glass, gas to keep the lights going to watch their play. Now... A junior cricket on the weekend, we saw hundreds of players across all the grounds around my area where my boys play. 
and no one is going to the cricket. They all said the time the game starts seven o'clock. It's freezing cold. The ticket prices for adults sixty to one hundred and ten dollars. Remember, there's no whack of members allowed in. Have to pay. And also, the people are just on the nose. And the other thing, what people mentioned was they actually forked out a lot of money to go and watch Australia England two weeks ago, and they were very peeved off that the um, Australian, basically the New South Wales players, didn't come. So that was one thing about them. Now, netball. Oh, by the way, uh, oh, I won't say that. Uh, netball. Now, I know that there's two to three big backers over the last few months, uh, previous to Hancock's, who have tried to put big money into netball, and the players' association are that fractured and disorganised, disunified, that they have knocked it back for different reasons, a bit like the Hancock. So, why would you put money into something if you're going to get disloyalty, as opposed to the Fremantle Dockers? I agree 100%. Woodside should sign up for three to five more years, no problem there. Um, those people that were trying to knock Fremantle about Woodside, by the way, hardly any of them are actual Fremantle members. Now, I've got plenty of memberships, so I can say what I want. So Fremantle, sign up Woodside, Woodside, sign up Fremantle. And last thing with football, I think it was very funny on the news tonight, ironic, that Steve Rossich was on news story number one about the Melbourne Cup and Ross Lyon was on the news story number two about St Kilda. And as you know, they both left Fremantle at the same time. I hope that Ross Lyon succeeds at St Kilda because Fitzroy won their flag, South Melbourne won their flag, the Swans, basically Brisbane won their flag. So I would like to see St Kilda, even though I'm not a St Kilda barracker, win one after so long. I think there's a, you know, their supporters need that. And that would be great if like them or Fremantle won one next three or four years. That's right. All right, mate. Good on you. Thanks for your contribution. As we head to Rodney in Balladura, uh, we've uh, got to get to Nat Medhurst in a moment. G'day, Rod. Hi, I was like to talk about yesterday's match. Can we actually get some decent ICC umpires? Yesterday's match, that last over, it was clearly not a no ball, and it was called a no ball, which ended up Pakistan bowling another ball, which then went for runs off a, off a wicket. It's seriously incompetent umpiring, and it's cost Pakistan the match. Okay, Rodney. I'll have been on the Pakistan supporter, but that's just ridiculous. Okay, Rodney, let's break this down. The, the, the two issues that you're talking about. First is the, the waist high full toss no ball that was called. Umpire Erasmus, uh, made the call. Now, given I was, we were all watching on TV, I'm not sure whether there was intervention from a third umpire with a replay or whether that was Erasmus calling that after obviously, uh, Virat was quite uh, vociferous with his um, protests about the issue of its, its height. So that, there's that issue. Well, it was a no ball. That's what I'm saying. So, so, so the umpire got it right. So I don't know so what the, yeah, TV Rodney was watching, but anyway, it was a no ball. So Rodney, Under the, the rules. there's that one. The other question is he was bowled off a free hit. So he can't be dismissed. The question I had at the time as mm. the ball uh, trickled or, or ran off down towards, I think, uh, third man from memory. Uh, they got three runs. Yeah, you can run, yeah. You can run. Mm. I asked someone I was with, uh, my daughter's boyfriend, I said, is this a dead ball? He said, no. Uh, we had a, a game of cricket similar uh, last week, and the umpire, again, allowed a similar situation to unfold where they picked up a single. So yeah. not a dead ball. So so it, it's dead. It's dead until it either gets hit and you run, or it hits the wickets and it runs away, right? So on that point, it hit the wickets. Unfortunately, it, run, it runs away. If it hadn't have hit the wickets, it would have been a very different circumstance. But they could have been run out under that scenario, but obviously they weren't. Absolutely. And and then the wide, then down legs. So, I mean, it was it was poorly executed at the end, to be perfectly honest. It was poor captaincy by Pakistan to leave themselves with a spinner who'd gone at 10 and over prior to his last over, yeah, so but, to be left with the last but over. But he bowls a no ball and a wide. No, you're right. 
You're right. But they threw the game away. So let's not blame the umpire, Rod. Let's no, not blame the umpire. But I tell you what, it, it just shows you in big matches and go back to the World Cup uh, one day final between England and New Zealand and a New Zealand throw from the outfield as Stokes is flying towards uh, trying to make his ground. It ricochets off uh, the body of Stokes and goes for four. I mean, these are the things in cricket that it just breaks your heart. But officially, a dead ball can be called by umpires for a number of reasons. A wicket, a boundary, once it settles in the gloves of the keeper or is returned to the bowler among the most common. But none of those applied, as you said, Carl, in this situation here. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, in the end, uh, all of those uh, things have uh, cost uh, Pakistan what would have been a historic victory too in front of what was an awesome crowd. A great match. Let's be honest. Uh, Pakistan lost no admirers on that basis, but I tell you what, gee, there's some uh, issues on social media after the match from the aggrieved Pakistanis and the Indians who just love giving it to the old rivals. Well, the accusations of cheating towards Ravi Ashwin, uh, that started on Twitter claiming that uh, he'd caught uh, the ball when it bounced clearly after it went upstairs uh, to be decided upon. So, look, just had all of that drama to finish the way that did to Coley, who made the 80-odd runs that he did. Uh, in the end, it just turned out to be a awesome match and I'm sure that uh, anyone that tuned in like you did, Skeet, uh, thoroughly enjoyed that contest. Didn't enjoy the Aussies being thrashed. We were hoping to have a chat to Matty Wade. Uh, he's been out there on the golf course. He has just sent me a message and apologised. So we will hopefully uh, roll him into the program at some stage into uh, the future. Uh, but uh, right now we've got the cricket that is underway, which is good to see. And you can certainly get behind the Australia's most one of the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage cars of the year. As we head to the break, on the other side we'll have a chat to Nat Medhurst who joins us first has been a wicket at the cricket so the first to fall and at the moment one for five Zimbabwe back soon Sports Day for Kia the Kia Sportage drive car of the year Welcome back to Sports Day, and it's fantastic to have Natalie Medhurst joining us, former Diamonds netballer, and of course on the back of the Diamonds big win in the Constellation Cup. Things didn't look good when they were taking on the Silver Ferns over there in New Zealand, but our girls came storming back to win the series, and of course uh, get back the Constellation Cup. Nat, welcome. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. You called me Natalie at the start. It's very formal, but um appreciate being being on the show. Yeah, well, we like nicknames here on this program. What is your nickname, by the way? Was it just Nat or was it something else? No, my nickname was Bunger. Oh, oh. Bunger. So, so yeah. Shannon, Shannon Hearn. Hearn's the Bunger as well. So, Shannon what, Hearn, so yeah. tell us what, why was that? Why did you get Bunger? Um, so I'm a South Aussie. I grew up in South Australia. Um, and over there they have fritz, um, which is like a type of processed deli meat and you buy a bung of fritz. So, um, they started, and because of Medhurst, it went to Metwurst fritz and then bung. So that's, that's how it worked. Well, I can say, uh, I can say this, Bunger, you, uh, it doesn't suit you, that nickname. You're far nah. more glamorous and, uh, like that. yeah, we'll, we'll stick with what we know. Um, that victory, let's get back to what we're here to talk about, the Diamonds. And given the, the, the controversy which is surrounding this group at the moment, that's a, that's a pretty telling victory for, for this group. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you spoke about the rough start that they had over in New Zealand with the first two test matches, but even the first half of the game last night. They certainly weren't looking too flash. They've obviously had to deal with so much stuff off court, um, this playing group. And I think the way they really played their netball in the second half and um, were able to come out with a really strong, gutsy win on the back of everything, um, yeah, was was really telling of this playing group and, and what they're trying to set out to achieve. Coach Stacey Marinkovic uh, in tears on the final whistle. Uh 
Perhaps that's the, the draining nature of what this group has been through, but also it would have taken something special for her as a coach to galvanise and, and try and put everything that's not associated with on court outside the window. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's obviously hard for any of them um, to avoid what has been going on and and obviously the news that I think came on on Saturday regarding the whole sponsorship saga and it would it would have been draining for this entire playing group it's been going um on for the last almost two weeks before they actually even took off to New Zealand so it's been so much and as you said it's, it's very telling I think their reactions after the game it would have been just a huge weight off their shoulders to have won um, and done so incredibly well. And I think Stacey Marinkovic, what she's done with the playing group to keep them so focused, I think is telling um, of her as a coach and um, obviously the respect that she has of her playing group and, um, yeah, vice versa. Nat, the sports popular, uh, sold-out matches, uh, but now with Hancock prospecting, actually pulling the pin on the partnership, Netball Australia disappointed, West Coast Fever, of course, reeling after that uh, announcement for them. Uh, there's a lot of money involved here, and it was more than just uh, supporting national teams. This went right back to grassroots level. Um, what do you think now? Because this is something that the sport has struggled a little bit to be able to attract, is really key, important investors into the game. Yeah, it's it's really um, concerning, and I think that the most one of the biggest things is obviously the welfare of one of the players in the playing group around Danelle Wallen. Um, he's been a big, I guess, focus and has copped a lot, um, and also West Coast Fever have been and Netball WA have been um, unfairly caught up in all this as innocent bystanders as well. And I think what's just been so disappointing to see is around the communication and what's transpired. I think it's just so murky. Everything's so contradictory. And even I think today we've seen still um, some comments from Kelly Ryan still um, really targeting the playing group. And that's not going to solve anything regarding moving forward and, and really building back the respect of sponsors of the community um, of netball fans, which is what the sport really needs at the moment. So, Nat, now I've been away for a week myself, but in terms of the $15 million being pulled off the table, uh, the community obviously are saying, well, look, if there was an issue here, perhaps this could have been dealt with by all parties better. But the, the playing group, they have, rightly or wrongly, lost some respect from some parts of the community. Is that a, a fair call? Oh, absolutely. But I think it's been disappointing the way this has all played out. And I think a lot of the things around the context or what has actually been gone out in the media is probably a little bit misleading. And having been a part of the Diamonds group, you know what they stand for and the culture and what is always basically try to be to any player as soon as they walk into that environment and I think what the players did in the privacy um, of four walls back at the AIS is certainly was warranted and I think they should be certainly applauded um, for that. You can't begrudge them um, for living to what their values are but what has then continued to unfold has just been um, really poorly handled. Um, I don't think any everyone has communicated well at all. Um, everyone's singing from a completely different um, book and it's just become an absolute nightmare. And I think the targeting of the players is really bad because as players um, and having been involved in the Players Association, first and foremost has always been the health of the sport. 
Um, they're very aware as a playing group around what their role is, the financial viability of the sport. Um, they always go above and beyond. So to be targeted in this way um, on the back of some pretty poor handling of the whole situation is, um, is, is very unwarranted in my opinion. Natalie Medhurst, former Diamonds netballer, chatting to us. Let's bring us back onto the court. Uh, who was your player of the series? Uh, Sophie Garvin did really well. 36 from 39. We had a chat to Stacey Marinkovic in the lead up to this game on the weekend and she she said she valued more of the forwards than the defensive side of the game, but uh, so important to quell the influence of the shooters down the opposite end. What about uh, you? What did you think overall? Well, overall, for me, I think Sophie Garvin in the last two tests was um, just phenomenal in really anchoring the attack line. I must admit, for me, even in some parts of the Commonwealth Games, the the attack line for the Diamonds had a bit of a, a question mark on it and its ability to really, I think, hold up. Um, and we saw that as well in those first two tests in New Zealand. It was a little bit disjointed, but the introduction of Sophie Garvin, she just really steadied it. She was um, so strong in her holds, um, really made the defenders accountable. And, you know, she was then able to finish it off when she did get the ball. So for me, she was a big one. And I also think what... Um, the combination of Courtney Bruce and Joe Weston in defence, um, you know, they were just really good in in being able to nullify the huge impact of their defenders, particularly the goal shooter for the Silver Ferns, Nueki. Um, yeah, so probably those three players for me really stood out when it mattered. And we turn our attention to the series against England, which starts on Wednesday. Should we be winning this? Oh, you would hope so. Um, there's, there's going to be changes to the team as well for the Australian Diamonds. They're going to be um, having a few new players. We're probably going to see a couple of debuts that will take place. Um, some younger players may be getting a, a little bit more court time. But I think for England, they're coming in with a very different time, um, team as well. They've had some retirement since the Commonwealth Games. I'd say they're maybe a bit more on the old side uh, mm. with their playing group, but um, they certainly can't be underestimated because they would be very disappointed to have walked away from Birmingham without a medal of any colour. Um, so they're certainly going to, um, I think, have a, a point to prove when they play. Thank you very much for your time tonight. No worries. Thank you. Nat Medhurst there here on Sports Day Out. Open line number is one double three eight eighty two. We'll clear a commitment, come back and tell you what's coming up after the seven o'clock news next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. Now, after the news that's coming up next year on 6BR, thanks to Kia Sportage, which has been crowned the Drive Car of the Year, you can see it at kia.com.au. We are going to have a chat to Dean. Digger Lawson, who won the WA Golf Open on the weekend, will be joined by Brady Manick from our Perth Wildcats. Trent Cooper from the Freo Dockers. The girls getting a good win on the weekend. Aaron McKenna from our Perth Glory will join us. And Scotty Sattler to have a look at the Rugby League World Cup, which is taking place overseas. So looking forward to having a yak about all of that after the news. When shopping around for hearing aids, the main sound you'll hear is... But not at Specsavers, where you don't have to pay top dollar for top-of-the-range hearing aids. Just book a free 15-minute hearing check at specsavers.com.au forward slash hearing. Then maybe you could use those savings to hear something more pleasant like... Should have gone to Specsavers. Conditions apply. People you know. News you can trust. Opinions that matter. On 6PR. Perth.
882 6PR. A family's heartbreak as an alleged killer fronts court. Nurses calling for clarity from the state government and play underway at the World Cup after rain delay. It's 17 degrees at 7 o'clock. Good evening, I'm Erin Harwood. The homicide squad's investigating the death of a teenager in Perth's east. Police say 15-year-old Cassius Turvey was walking home from school with friends on October 13 when a man jumped from a car and hit him across the head with a metal pole. The teenager was taken to hospital, the swelling on his brain causing a seizure and a stroke. He died yesterday after having his life support turned off. 21-year-old Jack Brearley has appeared in court charged with murder. He'd previously been charged with unlawful wounding and is due back in court next month. Cassius's mother has told Nine News the attack was a case of mistaken identity. My boy would never do anything wrong or his friends just for smashing some friggin' windows that he didn't, he would never do that. Australian Nursing Federation State Secretary Janet Ray says the state government needs to provide more details on how nurse-to-patient ratios will be implemented before industrial action can be wound back. The leaflet was very bare bones and skeletal. We want a, a concrete assurance before we go to panels and committees that this is how it's going to be and not have it watered down and diluted further down the track. Nurses and midwives will ramp up strike action on Wednesday if an agreement in their wages dispute can't be reached. A ban on overtime is phase two of the union's action after a ban on double shifts started last week. More federal government spending cuts are on the way after an initial audit found $22 billion in savings and redirected money to priority projects. The audit was established by Labor after it won the May election. Exactly where savings have been found will be outlined in tomorrow's federal budget. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has praised his Treasurer and Finance Minister for their work. Good job, Katie, finding savings. An ongoing uh, job. Very important <laughs> and uh, Jim, an amazing effort to put together a Labor budget that's in a proud Labor tradition of fulfilling our commitments, making a difference. The Liberals are demanding Greens. Weather. 6PR sounds even better on the app. Download it now. Partly cloudy this evening, dropping to 11 overnight. Partly cloudy again tomorrow with a slight chance of showers along the coast. Wednesday, 22 and mostly sunny. Then partly cloudy 24 Thursday, then sunny and 27 Friday. Right now it's 17 degrees. This is Perth's 882 6PR. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Great to have your company. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. Book online at your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. And a bloke that led from start to finish is Dane Digger-Lawson. He joins us here on Sports Day, the WA Open Golf winner. Welcome, Dane. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, mate, it was a fantastic performance. Uh, you started in really hot form and an opening round of 62. You then shot a 63 and a 64. And, well, you faltered a little bit in the final round, which probably became a little bit nerve-wracking, mate. But you had a nice buffer going into that last round. Yeah, um, played really, really solid until uh, about seven holes to go where I thought I was trying to push and try and get as big a lead as I could and then try and hold on. But obviously, um, the way I play probably wasn't a good idea to try and hold on. It kind of, uh, um, yeah, got a little bit tight and a bit nervy towards the end, but um, sort of comfortable enough that I knew how many shots I was up and um, 
yeah, once I made that final putt on the last, I was yeah, pretty stoked. Nine shots up at that point. Are you, are you thinking a bit about what's to come afterwards and uh, the hard work you've put in? Do you, do you mentally go into that space that you shouldn't go into during the middle of it or the back end of a tournament? Yeah, I probably went into that. Uh, well, I, I didn't really think about it too much. I, I wanted to just get it done first and then um, probably only really with seven or eight to go, I thought I'll just hold on from here and I'll be fine. Like, just don't do anything really, really silly. And um, like the shots I hit, like I've still been reasonably aggressive like with putts. I had a couple of three putts, but they were only because I was trying to make the first one sort of thing. So um, some good good and bad signs, but also um, at the end of the day, I like got my first win on the Australasian Tour and yeah, some great feeling and I can even learn from that. So um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, the Maiden Tour title, obviously it's something you'll remember for a long time and did you think at some stage uh, during your career, look, this is this is very hard work. I'm not sure that they're, they're going to come all that uh, regularly. Uh, yeah, there's been many times in my career where um, you just wonder if you will ever get over the line. And um, I've won some sort of smaller events and everything, but, um, yeah, getting one on on the, like, Australasian tour and, um, yeah, it's a... Well, great to get that, and hopefully um, I can make it more of a habit rather than um, yeah waiting that long again, hopefully. Dean Lawson talking to us here on Sports Day. Hey, mate, take us back to that kid in Geelong. Uh, how did it start, your little career? Uh, I started, I was uh, about 10 years old in the park next door where I lived, and um yeah, my brother and a couple of mates started playing around there and just sort of went from there, went down to the golf club and played every sport till I was sort of 16, 17 and um, absolutely loved it and, yeah, just went on with it. How difficult was it uh, and has it been, mate? Because given this this has been your maiden win, you've been on the, the tour for a little while now and, of course, uh, I believe you've played on the European tour as well. Yeah, yeah, I've still um up and well, I've still got status in Europe and um Australasian tour obviously and um heading back over to Europe on Friday um to try and get some better status so I can play more main tour stuff um next year. But um yeah, it's definitely been a grind. Um ne- never easy to get on one of the main tours and obviously a lot of good players everywhere in the world, so Hopefully I can get back over there and keep the form going and see how I go. So, Digger, maiden to a title under the belt. Uh, hopefully that opens some doors for tournaments, but also your self-belief. It, it's a lovely tonic uh, at your age to, to kick on. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, until you fully uh, get over the line and win, you never never know if you'll ever get the job done. And um, going into the future, obviously, gives me a lot of confidence and heading back over to Europe on for a Friday, um, yeah, it's a good stepping stone to sort of hopefully keep that keep that rolling and make it more of a habit rather than um, yeah. Well, it's never easy to win, so yeah, it's been good. Now, speaking of habits, mate, uh, I had a little bit of a uh, Google earlier today. Now, you have not only scored one. But two hole in ones in tournaments, and uh, your first one, I believe, you won a BMW 8 series worth around 250 grand. Can you can you take us through these uh, couple of shots that you've played, mate? Because that's awesome. 
Yeah, it was um, end of, I think, 2018. Um, played a lot of golf and I was in South Africa and um, an eight iron over waters, fortunate enough to go in, which was, you never think you're going to get one, but fortunately there was a car on the tee as well and it was one of those ones that you never expect. So that was uh, one of the highlights of my career so far. Yeah, and so did you? Did you take the car, or did you? Did you get some cash? I mean, how did that part work yeah, out? Yeah, no, no, I just got the money for it, and um, just uh, paid some money off, obviously, because it's quite expensive to travel around Europe and everything. So it went a long way in. Uh, trying to keep my golf career going. Yeah, absolutely. And given that you'd only been a year or so on the scene. Uh, so then your second one yeah. is in the Commercial Bank Qatar Masters uh, the following year, March 2019. You do it again with the 8-odd. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. That's, uh, it's another another good one. My my coach has actually had 14 hole in one, so I'm trying to coach, uh, actually catch him. So, so, so what's, yeah. what's the secret, mate? I mean, what's going through your mind? I mean, obviously every time you hit it into a pass three, you try and knock it in the hole, right? Uh, yeah, oh, I don't know. You're just trying to hit a good shot, and if it obviously you're aiming at the hole. Fortunately, <laughs> I've had um, ten of them go in, but they don't always. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. I think it's a little bit of luck involved. But if you keep sort of scaring the hole and hitting good shots, and I suppose anything can happen. Hang on, Digger. Let's just uh, reverse the truck a fraction. Carl mentioned two hole in ones. You said your coach has had what fourteen. You're saying you had ten. Yeah, I've had uh, ten now. Okay, well, I'm just trying, trying, trying to catch my coach. Well, Carl's just, uh, just, uh, <laughs> well, that was short by eight. Uh, but no, well, that was a couple in the big tournament. Of course, right? yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, that's fair enough. Hey, speaking, so, speaking of money, and, but, and I know it's probably not your area, but um, we marvel at the money on the Live Tour and what's going yeah. on there. As a golfer who yeah. who is on the Aussie Tour, thoughts from you? Yeah, um, obviously it'd be amazing to get on that tour and, um, yeah, like obviously the Live Tour or PGA Tours and even the DP World, like it's obviously the goal to be playing on those main tours against the best players in the world. So that's the, the goal and, um, yeah, it'd be lovely to get a contract on the Live Tour like a few of the Aussie guys have and, um, yeah, they seem to be doing some really good things there. So hopefully, Keep trending in the way I am, and one day hopefully be on there. It would be great. Yeah, well, you're only 31, mate. You've got plenty of time on your side. Uh, the thing is, is that uh, my hair is the same colour as your beard, mate. So if you need someone to carry your bag, I reckon we can team up and get it done. Because uh, I, I reckon the amount of money that they're playing for in those tournaments, it's just incredible, right? 25 million US dollars. Can you believe it? Yeah. Um, oh, well, it'd be just it'd be life changing to get on that tour. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, if I can keep playing and practicing and doing the right things, um, hopefully one day that's the goal to get on a tour like that. Ask it finally. So, what, what's the schedule for here now, Digger? Uh, I head over to Barcelona on Friday, and then got second stage and final stage over there. Try and better my Europe status, and then back for Oz PGA and Oz Open. And then got an invite into the event at Cathedral as well, a two-day tournament there. Um, so, yeah, a fair bit to play before Christmas. And then hopefully if I can better my status in Europe, then head to South Africa after that. Sounds good, mate. Well, thank you very much for sparing a few minutes with us. Congratulations on what you did over here at the Western thank Australia you. Golf Club, mate. Take care.
Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Good on you. Dean Digger Lawson here on Sports Day. Great to have a chat to him. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Another star of her game is Natalie Medhurst, a former Diamonds netballer. She'll have a chat to us about the Constellation Cup victory by our girls over the weekend. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. Get behind our Perth Wildcats this season. You head to ticketech.com.au right now. And the Wildcats, a couple of losses in a row now. And a disappointing performance on the weekend against the Tassie Jack Jumpers. 103-72, they went down. And one of the key players, of course, to try and help the turnaround is Brady Manick. And he joins us here on Sports Day. Brady, welcome, mate. How are you? Doing good. How are you? Yeah, going all right, mate. Uh, look, going down uh, by the margin that you did in the end after a pretty good start where you led by a point at quarter time. What happened in that second quarter? They just outscored you 34-17 to 17 and the game was pretty much uh, very one-sided from there. Yeah, they, you know, they shot it well. Um, they came out ready to play and it's one of those things we talked about today is just coming out ready to play, um, bringing that fire that they brought, that second and third quarter um just something that we need to work on um very fixable things and just gonna move on to the next one right is it too harsh to say the team was uncompetitive um i would say you know there was a lot of uh times where um you know we could have fixed leaving a guy open um back cut um offensive rebounds there were there were just things that we needed to fix, um, and we got a shot at them in a few weeks, uh, but we got to work on this next one coming up. Brady, the one thing that's uh, fallen away, uh, percentage-wise anyway, is uh, your shots from long range, your three-point shooting. I mean, uh, you know, 7 of 25 at 28%. Uh, that's a couple of weeks in a row now where your uh, your, your percentage of, of getting them in has gone down dramatically. I didn't know that till now. Um, just trying to do what I can to to help. Um, it's one of those things where I had a had a couple of good games in a row. Um, just get back to it. Um, very fixable. Just gotta keep playing hard. Yeah, that, that's not you, by the way, mate. That's the team. So uh, don't take that uh, personally. That's uh, just what I want to point it out. Is uh, that's overall. So it's one thing that uh, you know the whole team needs to get better at. And look, going forward, you said that you've spoken about a couple of the things. What do you think that uh, you can do to to turn around uh, after a really good start? You know, your first three games were good. Yeah, we gotta bring back what what we did in Cairns and what we were doing at home. Those tight few games um we beat beat the hawks um in the tight one we gotta we gotta bring that competitiveness so we brought that game and what we did against the the tight pans is is what we need to do every night um you know had two in a row that got away from us and we got a chance to, to fix it here coming up with four games back to back to back so it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough week tough week and a half, but we we can turn it around. So, Brady, when it comes to the review of the weekend's match, is it, Coach, really going through step-by-step step what went wrong? Is there player input? Can you tell us maybe how long it goes for? Because if you dwell too much on that performance, you could uh, end up uh, well, out in t- walking out of the room in tears. Yes. So, you, you know, there's a 
there's stuff that needs to be learned from. There's stuff we need to watch, but you know, a lot of stuff we have to we have to move on and recognize it. We have to focus on the next game for sure. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of fixable mistakes, like I've said, and we just got to just got to keep playing hard. Um, we got to come out uh, with the with a fire. We got to come out and ready to go and take on this next week. It's a tough competition, and uh, there's a lot of teams like yourself that have been fifty-fifty. Those is the South East Melbourne Phoenix who you take on on Friday night. Uh, so I'm sure that uh, as your preparation goes forward, uh, you've only got a couple of days left. Um, have you had a little bit of a look at them yet, or you're waiting later in the week? Yeah, so we played them played them preseason. Um, we know a little bit about them, and you know, today was our first day back after travel day, and we just. Uh, you know, just focused on what we needed to do in that last game and the, the mistakes we made. And now we got to move forward and uh, put it behind us and learn from it. And, uh, you know, we, we, we know what we got ahead of us. We know some of the players that we're going to be playing. You know, the teams that are coming up, we just got to, just got to keep playing hard and competing. Brady, thank you very much for sharing some time with us tonight here on Sports Day. Take care, mate. Good luck. Thank you. Get behind our Perth Wildcats this season. You head to ticketech.com.au right now. And in the action tonight, the Brisbane Bullets' first win of the season, 82-56, to a thumping win over the Illawarra Hawks. And in the cricket, nine overs the match reduced to because of rain. And there's one ball to be bowled and in trouble after the first uh, 22 balls in pub. We were four for 19. They've got to 78. So with that ball, in fact, the last ball has been bowled. So they end up four for 78. So 79 is the target required by South Africa to be victorious tonight and looking forward to seeing how that particular clash unfolds. Bangladesh got the job done earlier tonight over the Netherlands and early in the morning we'll see the World Cup action continue with Tonga up against Wales in the Rugby League World Cup today. It was Samoa 72 defeating Greece. Uh, four, we need to clear a commitment on the other side, come back and Trent Cooper, the Fremantle Dockers AFLW coach will join us next. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Nice to have your company. Trent Cooper joins us as he regularly does here on a Monday night. Our Freo Dockers AFLW coach off the back of a good win over the Sydney Swans over there at Henson Park. Uh, welcome, Trent. Nice to chat. Yes, boys. Nice to be on after a win. Uh, got the job done, mate. Uh, what did you make of the performance? We had two really good quarters. The breeze was very strong. It was a um, yeah, probably a three-goal breeze to the right of screen. And into the breeze, we played really well and actually halved up that score, four goals, two to four goals, two. They were probably a little bit disappointing with the breeze where we only kicked uh, yeah, one goal in each quarter. We kept them uh, goalless, but yeah, we would have liked to probably put our foot down a bit more with the breeze. A lot of love for Ebony Antonio coming back into the side and making an impact. Yeah, she did straight away, and um, yeah, you'd, you'd like to think we would have won the game without her impact, but uh, having her out there, um, it's not just what she does, she's got such great confidence in her own ability, in her own um, ability to impact big moments, that it gives the rest of the team confidence, and uh, yeah, for her to hit the scoreboard early, uh, you sort of knew that the day was probably going to go away from that point on. Hey, Coops, what do you say to the playing group? You've been contenders for... A few seasons now, and this year hasn't gone as you would have liked. Uh, what sort of message do you try to impart to the group uh, towards the back end of this season? 
it was really from about round two, the message has been the same where, okay, we're not where we want to be. Um, but we're, we're probably not going to get there this year at that point. So we just have to work on things to to improve and to get back there. We, we want to be a top four side. That's what we uh, we aim to do. Um, we still think we've got the list to you know, to, to push back up there. Um, but we have to yeah, obviously get availability back, but also gave us a chance to work on quite a few things uh, in that the last eight rounds, which we've done, we think we've got better than most of the, the, the towards the back half. Probably the last two haven't been as good, to be honest. Probably uh, the games against Adelaide and Melbourne were our best two performances for the year, but we've still seen some good growth and improvement through that time. One consistent factor is Kiara Bowers, and she just gives her all week in, week out, and the quickest player in AFL or AFLW competition to reach 500 tackles, just 42 games. Uh, I know we get sick of talking about uh, her work rate and her tackle efficiency, but it is something to behold. Yeah, it is. I, once we got to the ground and we, we saw how small it was and that Sydney are a really contested team, I thought that she'd be a chance to break her own record of 19, and she did that. She didn't quite get the, the league record of 22, but, yeah, there's just no doubt that she's going to put her head over the ball and uh, and compete ferociously every week. And, yeah, to, to break that record of the quickest to 500 tackles so easily, and, um, yeah, it, I think that record will be there for a long, long time. Mm, well, I know that uh, Ebony Marinoff laid 21 tackles as well, so uh, she's uh, got a couple of players that she's still perched behind on that front. Hey, Coops, uh, we know you've had a lot of injuries. Did you get through unscathed on the weekend? Yeah, so Hayley Miller's the big one. She got one of the, uh, yeah, really nasty hip pointer, but it doesn't appear there's any structural damage and particularly internal, which is good. So, uh, yeah, she was in a bad way Sunday morning after the game, but, um, yeah, slowly improving and I think she'll be doing everything possible to, uh, to get out there for the, the last game of the season. Which is Hawthorne, Saturday night, Fremantle Oval, and I'm sure they say it regularly, but to finish off on a high and give yourself some momentum heading into uh, next year would be, or next season, would be of paramount importance. Yeah, it'd be great to do. Um, obviously, most seasons, you know, you're in, in the finals and, the, so, you know, you're, you're normally going out with a loss. So for us this year to, to finish, hopefully, with two wins, that's what we're aiming at, would be a great way to finish the year and yeah, give the, the girls some momentum into pre-season, I think. Most important thing I do is have a, have a really good break because you know, having the two seasons in one, there's a lot of uh, fatigue around. So to have, have that break would be really important for them. But yeah, to have those two wins under the belt at the end of the year would, would be very nice. And you'll jump up the table a fair bit too, depending on a few of the other results. But the Hawks are the team that's ahead of you on the table. You'll definitely, if you beat them, jump over the top of them. But there's a potential, mate, that you can jump all the way up to 10th spots after, uh, you know, having a look at the ladder. Um, there's quite a few teams that are around two and three wins at the moment. Yeah, and that's probably where we should sit. We haven't um, beaten anyone inside the eight, but we haven't lost to anybody outside the eight. Uh, we just haven't played many teams outside the eight. So, uh, yeah, if we could win and, and, and finish there, it doesn't mean a lot. It probably looks, it'll look better in history when you look at the, the ladder and we're tenth and not seventeenth. That's for sure. But it doesn't really mean a great deal in the scheme of things. But uh, yeah, I think the win would be more important to us. Chatting to Dockers AFLW coach Trent Cooper on Sports Day. Uh, I assume planning for next season and improving your list has already begun. And uh, how do you improve your list, given particularly in WA the difficulties we've talked about on a regular occurrence? Yeah, well, it's going to be even more difficult this year because the draft age uh, is going up 12 months. So we'll basically be uh, drafting from the same pool. 
Um, and yeah, which obviously means that we're only looking at players who've been overlooked in the past. So it makes it difficult to improve the list. We think our improvement, uh, the most, the biggest improvement will come from within with our availability. Michaela Morrison uh, was inactive this year due to ACL. She'll be back. Um, and yeah, we've had a lot of players who've played you know, just one or two games. So we think that, uh, yeah, we can bounce back pretty quickly, even with the list we've got. If we can get someone for the, the sign and trade period, that would be nice. Um, and yeah, we'll be doing our best to to, to attract a, a quality player who wants to, to join our team. Coops, thanks very much for your time, mate. No worries. Thanks a lot, boys. Trent Cooper there. Thanks to Bluebet. Bluebet's bet slip integration is now available on the new and improved Same Racer app. Gamble responsibly. One eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. A short time ago, Zimbabwe finished their nine overs at five four seventy nine. So South Africa with that target to chase down, they should be able to get that done pretty comfortably. Earlier tonight, it was Bangladesh too good for the Netherlands. They won by nine runs. And a short time ago, the Brisbane Bullets winning their first game of the season in the NBL, defeating the Illawarra Hawks. 82 to 56. On the other side of the break, we'll come back and have a chat to our victorious Perth Glory. One of their players, one of their imports, Aaron McKenna, will join us next. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage Drive Car of the Year. Nice to have your company here on Sports Day, and Aaron McKenna is a man who has been strutting his stuff for our Perth Glory. And the great part is, is that uh, we got the job done, our Perth Glory, on the weekend, their first win of the season. Aaron, you must be feeling a lot better about this, right? How are you? Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, no, it's been it's been a good weekend uh, compared to the the first two weekends of the season. Um, it's a it's a massive massive win for us, and um, it's a great feeling to get the first three points on the board. Absolutely, the relief, the joy, uh, the group just comes together after a victory like that, particularly when you came from behind, you considered the first goal on the weekend against Central Coast but managed to find your way back into the game and then eventually spot the winner. Uh, look, you know, I think um, any time you come from behind in a, a game of football, um, it shows great character within the group and um, especially then they come from behind and go on to win the game. Uh and I think the manner we done it as well, you know, we scored the second goal uh, quite early in the second half. And, you know, after that, away from home, you, you expect to soak up a lot of pressure. And, um, you know, if, if you guys watched the game, uh, we soaked up a lot of pressure and Central Coast threw everything at us. But um, I think we, we showed a good togetherness, the stand firm and, and get the three points. Now, you've been able to thread one into the back of the onion net in the last couple of weeks, mate. Uh, it must be nice <laughs> when you're able to get the winner onto the board too, mate, uh, just to make that little bit of an extra contribution. No, it's, uh, you know, any time they, they, they want a game of football and then, you know, on a personal level, they, they be able to help the team with goals. Um, it's, it's a great feeling and... Uh, I've been able to get on the score sheet two weeks in a row, so um, long may, long may that continue. Um, it's it's something that I've I've been able to do throughout my career is get goals from the field. So you know I'll be looking to continue throughout the season um, because there's no better feeling really in football than the the score score a goal and and the feeling you get with your teammates whenever you celebrate. And Aaron. How taxing is it, given the schedule you've got, so many away games to start your campaign, and 
coming from where you do over there in the Scottish Premier League and away games aren't exactly away games compared to what you're experiencing at the moment, yeah. which involves at least a two or three hour flight. Yeah, I, I said this after the game um, at the weekend. It's it's been a very testing start under you know the conditions of of um, the, the, all the away games in a row, um, and then you know you, you consider all the travelling um, each week. It's it's testing conditions for for like a group of football players and unheard of conditions, really, to be honest. Um, but you know, we we knew that that this was coming, and we have to, as a group, we've had to prepare ourselves mentally, um, not sit back and make excuses, and and just get on with. It. And to be honest, um, we've we've made a few mistakes along the way so far. Um, but I think the one on on Saturday or Sunday, sorry, was massive for us. And um, you know, hopefully, we can push on from that now and and build on it and, and get another three points this weekend. Yeah, you're lucky, Aaron, uh, as Carl suggested beforehand to me, that it uh, isn't COVID because you would have been potentially stuck on the East Coast for a long period of time. But uh, uh, still, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough uh, few weeks. You mentioned you spoke after the game about that. You also spoke on air and... Um, well, you've been good tonight. You haven't dropped the F-bomb because you did that, uh, <laughs> you did that in the post-game interview. What happened there, my friend? Uh, to be honest, boys, I couldn't believe it came out. You know, uh, straight, straight after the game, um, they've caught me in the heat of the moment, and it's, it's, uh, it just came out. I couldn't believe it, but, um, you know, at least I, I apologise on air, and um, hopefully everyone's seen the funny side of it. Is, is, there a, is there a fine, not from the A-League, of course, but from your club, uh, the players uh, drop you in for a bit of coin for that? No, I wouldn't be surprised. I've been fined for nearly everything since I've been out here, so I would say I'll get fined in some sort of way. Uh, Liam, Liam Reddy Rocket, he takes care of the fines, and um, I'm sure he, he's picked up on it because he picks up on everything. Uh, hey, Aaron, uh, given your brief time in the competition, what do you think, mate, uh, after the first few games? What do you make of uh, the level here in Australia? I think the standard's very good, to be honest. Um, I think it's uh, a very technical and very technical and very fit league in terms of physicality. You know, the players are very fit. Um, they want to get the ball down and move it quickly. Um, and there's some really, really good players. And, you know, I've, I've enjoyed it so far. Um, and, you know, for for myself on a personal level and also as a team, um, you know, we're, we're a project that's, that's in progress, um, in terms of a new group that's, that's together this year. And, you know, I think that if we can keep building game by game and getting better, um, game by game, then, you know, we're going in the right direction. Well, after a couple of losses, you have a win, you jump up to the middle of the table, you're sixth currently, you take on a team uh, that is now well below you, and uh, even though we're only still early in the season, Adelaide United, they're sitting down there in ninth place, they're yet to get a win this season, you take them on, on Sunday at Cooper Stadium, it's a Western Standard Time kickoff of 12 noon, so looking forward to that contest, how much reconnaissance, how much work have you done on the opposition so far? Um, to be honest, you know, it's for me, um, you know, week by week at the moment, I'm, I'm asking questions 
off the other boys, you know, what's this team like? What's this player like? You know, because I, I don't, I don't know too much about about each team. Um, but as the week goes on and it gets closer to the game, um, Ruben and the coaching staff, you know, they're very good. They will will have video sessions and will prepare properly for for who we're playing against. And um, I'm sure we'll do our, our homework on Adelaide. Uh, <laughs> This week, um, as, as the week goes on before the game, but um, I don't think I don't think if you if you look at the table at this stage of the season, you know it's it's way too early to make any judgments. So um, you know we'll be we'll be going to Adelaide on on Sunday and, and looking to go and get a result. One quick one, Aaron. Uh, haven't played a home game yet, but Stirling's Macedonia Park. Have you had some training runs there? over the past few weeks to get acclimatised and used to the conditions when you do get that home match? We haven't had any uh, training sessions there yet, but um, I would say so in the, in the next few weeks as the the ground, um, the, the actual surface had, had been getting relayed to be a top surface. So I would say in the next few weeks we'll, we'll get in and get a few sessions there to, to familiarise ourselves before... You know the actual games, but um, from what we've heard as players is that you know the clubs doing everything they can to make the playing surface of, of a very high level. So um, you know, no matter where we're playing, um, we'll look forward to it. And uh, I think you know, compared to last year, at some point where the boys were away for months on end, um, you know, Sterling Macedonia is going to be great for us. It's going to be a tight, tight neck ground and. You know, our home crowd's going to be in on top of us, so um, it'll be good to have that small um, small sort of support and there'll be a lot of atmosphere, I'm sure. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much, guys. Aaron McKenna here on Sports Day. Thanks to barbecues galore. You go to iconwin.com.au to win a Ziggy by Ziggler and Brown barbecue this summer. Uh, rain delay at the cricket. Uh, Quentin de Cox smashed him in the first over. He hit 23. Four fours and a six came off the very first over. South Africa, uh, no wicket for 24. Players just going back onto the field. The covers were on. Now they're off. They're chasing down five for 79 that was posted by Zimbabwe. We will clear a commitment, come back and have a chat to Scotty Sattler next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year. Welcome back to Sports Day. Nice to have your company and fantastic to have Scotty Sattler back on the program, part of the Sports Day family, Penrith Panthers champion, of course, and the Australians doing pretty good things when it comes to the world champs that are happening right now. G'day, Scotty. How are you going, mate? Hello, guys. Yeah, World Cup on in, in England at the moment, and... Um... Yeah, you know, there are a lot of minnows involved in the in any World Cup, and and uh, rugby league has has got their own as well because we saw Jamaica score their first ever World Cup try the other day against New Zealand. So, you know, I think it's pretty exciting for some of these these minnow countries to play against uh, some of the, I suppose, the marquee countries. Australia comfortably over Scotland, 84 to nil. Josh Addo-Carr, four tries. Uh, dare I say it, not much more than a training run for the Aussies? Yeah, and that's what a lot of these, these early rounds are like. You know, Australia played against Fiji, and Fiji put up a bit of a fight for about 20 or 30 minutes before they were beaten by 40. And then uh, you've got uh, New Zealand have had a couple of pretty big wins. England beat Samoa 60-6 to six in round one of the World Cup, which... I never thought that would happen. I, I thought 
I thought Samoa would have beaten England. Um, and that's been probably one of the big upsets, to be quite honest. But it's it's usually the way it plays out in any World Cup. And we see it in the Rugby World Cup as well. And, yeah, it's a couple of easy victories. But I suppose you've got to do that just to not only fine-tune yourself. I don't, and there's there's only a, a few positions that will be decided with, through these games. And probably the most argumentative position is the the number seven, who's going to get the number seven jersey? And I don't think we see too much out of these games who's going to get that that halfback position. Um, but it's it's going to come down to the wire. Who, who's going to get Daly Cherry Evans or Nathan Cleary? Yeah, well, they're both stars. Cleary, of course, going right through until grand final day. It, it just it stuns me that these guys who've had such a long year and obviously they're wearing their uh, Australian colours, how taxing is it for them to try and get themselves up to, to play overseas and uh, after what has been a long year? And as I said, for someone who might be representing Penrith or even Parramatta right through until grand final day, that to, to keep themselves uh, fit and firing. Two different mindsets, I think. Um, if you're a Parramatta player, you're thinking, well, how long am I going to get over and recover from that grand final defeat? And for Penrith, well, you're running on adrenaline, really. you um you're firing on all cylinders when you're playing but playing uh, World Cup or State of Origin, whatever it may be. But I've got to say, I, you know, I was, was fortunate enough to play for Australia, but um, I've got to say, it doesn't matter where I'd finish, whether I got the wooden spoon or whether I was the premier of the competition, I, I, find, I, I would find that representing a country, there could be no better, you know, better situation to be in. It, it sort of gives you the, gives you the, the adrenaline, the motivation to... To just keep building your, yourself as a rugby league player. Being around, you know, a lot of those players that you've never played alongside before. Yeah, you know, I've got to look at some of the Parramatta and Penrith players like Liam Martin and Regan Campbell Gillard. These sort of players that have never played alongside some of the game's best, and and how far that can take your actual individual game. So, I mean, you've got to play in a car park for free if it meant representing your country. Now, we know that uh, Gus Gould is a bloke that uh, likes to make some pretty bold statements, right? Now, he is renowned for always telling us that uh, Josh Adeko scored those four tries against Scotland. He's the fastest man on the planet. But, uh, hey, what's your opinion? What's your opinion now of Steve uh, Pollard, the referee, mate, who beat him to the line? I know. I know. It's one of the highlights, isn't it? Yeah. Great try from... From only five metres out from his own trial line, Josh Adokar went the distance, yeah, but the referee Pollard, he, he's in good stride, he had good technique, good formation as well. And I think he's the envy of all the referees at the moment. It was outstanding, wasn't it? I reckon the only thing that would have been better, and I know that uh, this is never going to happen, but I would have loved to have seen him run him down and tackle him just to finish him off before he got yeah. to the try line. Because, mate, he was the only bloke the that was going to catch him, wasn't he? Yeah, just... Just an ankle tap. Would have been good to see an ankle tap. Yeah, it's outstanding. Uh, yeah, Scotty, uh, unlike Rugby World Cups, where it seems there's, a, I guess, at least four or five nations that could conceivably win it, look, maybe I'm a bit biased, but Australia, New Zealand, England, there's your trifecta. Well, look, surely there's no other country that can come out of the ruck and, and challenge in the final? Tonga on paper can, and they've become a real powerhouse time. Last four years, the... Uh, a lot of their playing group, they really stood up and and they fought against the the governing body of, of Tongan Rugby League and created their own Tongan Invitational side, which is really player-led. And it's, it's really overwhelmed uh, a lot of the people in Rugby League. And 
They've got a great team on paper. I don't know whether they've got the, the key playmakers to win it, but they'll definitely upset Australia, New Zealand and England in the process. Um, they're the four main sides. Yeah, on paper, Samoa have got an amazing side. Seven players that played in the grand final alone are playing for Samoa. But yeah, you reap what you sow with Samoa. They had an opportunity to, to change a lot of their a lot of their makeup in relation to their coaching and their management. They didn't make a change, and they're getting the results. Yeah, beaten sixty to six by England should never happen. But New Zealand ranked number one in the world. Tonga number two. Australia number three. England not far behind. So I've got to say, playing on home soil, England are the real smokies. They're the, real, the way they put Samoa away was really impressive. So I don't think it's an Australian-New Zealand final. It's, um, they'll end up, end up facing each other, Australia-New Zealand, in the final. So I think the winner will come out of that game. Well, Samoa, uh, they were too good today for Greece, 72-4. And tomorrow, the team that you're talking about, Tonga, take on Wales. That'll be the action tomorrow morning, our time. Uh, thanks very much, Scotty, for the chat, mate. Uh, nice to have you back on the program, and uh, we'll have a chat to you again soon. Take care, mate. Anytime, guys. Good on you. Scotty Sattler, part of our Sports Day family here on Sports Day. Thanks to Kia Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage Cars of the Year. A couple of World Cups going on at the moment. Uh, sort of got under the radar a little bit, the Wallaroos. Our girls getting it done uh, and moving through to the quarterfinals now. So good win for the girls on the weekend. Absolutely. And you speak of uh, a couple of rivalries, Australia versus England on Friday night in the T20 World Cup. That is uh, going to be must viewing after what we saw between Pakistan and India. And having uh, spoken to Natalie Murdurst. It's England versus Australia in, of course, a series in netball. So plenty of world-class sport happening right in front of our eyes. Absolutely. And Todd Johnston is on your radio next uh, with the night shift here on 882 6PR. Now, the rain is continuing to fall down there in Tasmania. One of the Zimbabwe bowlers in Nagava has actually hurt his ankle, so he's now limping from the field. It's very slippery out there. Quentin de Kock has been smashing him around. He, off 13 balls, has made 39 not out. Thank you very much. He's hit eight fours and a six. He took 23 off the first over from Chitara. And right now, South Africa, certainly on target. That's if the rain goes away, but it's continue to fall uh, lightly 24 runs off 30 balls is the equation so well and truly on target after it was reduced to 7 overs and a new target of 64 under the Duckworth Lewis method here tonight on Sports Day uh, we're out of time, uh, Brisbane Bullets the other winners tonight, they defeated the Illawarra Hawks 82-56 to but after the 8 o'clock news that is next, Todd Johnston will be on your radio and he will take you right through until midnight here on 882 6PR Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.